Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Hope you are having a good day as uh, we have got a lot to talk about today. First, we begin with the uh, 49ers and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's injury will not require surgery. And he could be back for the playoffs. How about that? So if you're a 49ers fan, hold on just yet. Hold on. You could have Jimmy G back at some point. Uh, in the playoffs. All right. Would, you know, if, if Purdy plays very well, then, you know, that takes care of that situation. But if the 49ers make the playoffs and Purdy's up and down and you can have Garoppolo, you know, back on the field for, let's say, an NFC championship game at Philadelphia or at Minnesota or wherever, just kind of nice option to have. Baker Mayfield picked up by the Rams. And last night, we saw the GOAT. How good was that last drive by Tom Brady? You know, I did a podcast on this today because I think when you look at team sports, and I talked about this, if you were going to start a franchise in the National Football League, and you could take any player, in the history of the league, wouldn't you take Brady? Wouldn't it be the guy that you would start your franchise with? In baseball, who would you take? Babe Ruth? Willie Mays? Who would you take in baseball? And then you get to basketball. And see, to me, basketball, you could go on and on and on. You know, you could say Michael Jordan. You could have others that would say Magic. You would have others that say we Bill Russell, right? You you might have some say LeBron. I mean, the point is, you could have a really big debate when it comes to basketball. I don't think you can have a debate in football. I, I just don't see how you could. I mean, I think what Tom Brady is doing at 45 is unbelievable. But if you really want to talk about the greatest, the GOAT, the GOAT of all sports, it's Wayne Gretzky. There is no debate. Wayne Gretzky is the greatest hockey player, and he's in a class by himself. And I did a podcast on this this morning because if you got 50 people that have covered hockey their whole lives and have been just hockey gurus, not, they would all take Wayne Gretzky. And what he did is so unbelievable that he's the GOAT 
of all four major sports. He's the GOAT of the GOATs. But if you're talking about what we witnessed last night, well, it's pretty amazing. You know, to think that Tom Brady is 45 and the, the touchdown in the back of the end zone, holding penalty, time is an issue. You're like, oh, boy. And with three seconds left, he's still able to get the team in the end zone. Now, you can criticize the Saints all you want, and rightfully so. I mean, what a, what a, what a, what a, you know, the clock management this year in the National Football League has been so bad. It has been so bad. Uh, and the Saints were a perfect example of that last night. They're a poorly coached team. I said this when the season began about the, the coaching, right? Dennis Allen was a, yeah, he's a very good defensive coordinator, but he was awful when he was the head coach of the Raiders. He, he, he not only was awful, I talked about this with Sean Salisbury back in September. He's just to me, uh, and I, I, listen, I had Dennis Allen on the radio every week, all right? And I did the one thing I, I said, the guy's got no personality and just being at training camp and why I just said, the guy to me did not look like a leader. That's just my observation. He might be, players might think differently of him, but I did not think, all right? Did not think that he was head coach material. And he certainly does not look like head coach material again. All right, so hit me up, raise your hand icon, all right? Hit your hand icon, and I'll put you right up on stage with me, all right? What about the GOAT? If you were starting an NFL franchise today, and you were in charge, and you could take any player from any era to start your team with, would you not take Tom Brady? Of course you would. You're going to take a quarterback, and you're going to take Tom Brady. In baseball, I mean, I'm sure you could take Ruth. I'm sure you could take Musial. I'm sure you could take Mays. Right? Basketball, I know a lot of you would take Jordan, but there are many others that would not. In hockey, I don't really think that you would take anyone else other than Wayne Gretzky. All right, still waiting for... Aaron Judge to make a decision. That seems to be coming up very soon. I've made this very clear. I think that they are, the Yankees are out of their freaking mind if they are going to give Aaron Judge a 10 or an 11 year deal. They're out of their mind. It'll be a terrible, terrible decision by the Yankees. Terrible. All right. And if, if it's the San Francisco Giants, you know, it's going to put a lot of pizzazz and a lot of oomph in that ballpark with that franchise. But I, I'm not, I wouldn't do it. Would not do it. And I know whoever gets them, they're going to be jumping through hoops and they're going to be all excited. I'm not going to be sad if the Yankees resign them. I just don't think it's a good decision. You know, I really don't. All right, let's move along. Why don't we get to uh, some calls, and we start with Connor. Hey, Connor, how are you? Doing good, Grant. How are you? I'm good, buddy. What's up? 
there's a lot to talk about today. I mean, the last couple hours on Twitter has been a fiasco with these Aaron Judge rumors. I mean, like a pretty credible reporter came out and said he already signed with the Giants and then took it back, and it's a mess right now. Yeah, that was John Heyman, wasn't it? And uh, that's a bad job by him. I mean, that's that's a that's a very bad job. You know, you can't do that. You know, you can't you can't you, not on a story of this magnitude. You can't do it. You know, you can't do it. I mean, it, the problem in society now, when it comes to journalism and reporting, is that being accurate doesn't matter anymore. It's all about being first, and so many people want to be first that very often. They are wrong. And then the news cycle switches every five minutes in this country. And then we forget about the reporters that jumped the gun because they want to be first. And they were wrong. When I went to college and majored in broadcast journalism, it was all about fact checks. All right. And it was all about, you know, make sure you check your source, then check your other source and make sure you double and triple check. And that doesn't happen anymore. There's so much pressure you know i've never understood now reporters that they credit the other reporters for having the story first like if somebody signs let's say uh, a, a player uh comes to terms on a deal well everyone's going to know about it in a, just a couple of moments but because one reporter breaks the story three minutes before the news release or the press release you know, all the other reporters give credit to so-and-so. And I'm like, who the hell cares? So he broke the story three minutes before the team was going to come out with a press release. I could have waited three more minutes, but it's just crazy the way it works. But anyway, I appreciate you bringing that up because you're spot on. Yeah, and another baseball news. Did you see that Cody Bellinger signed a one-year yes. deal with the Cubs? I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. And then, yeah, I listened to your podcast on the GOATs last night. I mean – I agree. It's Brady for football, no doubt. I mean, look what he did last night. I mean, one thing I've seen is that why are teams playing like basically prevent defense against this guy? I mean, what do you expect to happen? It's like they give him so much. I mean, that's not you're playing with fire in that situation. Wasn't it also interesting back in 2002 to hear John Madden and his thoughts on watching what he described as a young Tom Brady and how that last drive to set up the game-winning field goal by Adam Vinatieri to beat the Rams for the first Super Bowl, like how that was the, the the real birth of Tom Brady pretty much. And John Madden recognized it and talked about it. I, I thought that was fascinating to go back and uh, look at that again. By the way, John Heyman, uh, just for sake of being accurate, is a baseball columnist uh, at the New York Post. He's an insider at MLB Network and has been involved in baseball for a long time. And just to show you, he has over 800,000 followers on Twitter, and he's the one that was, and as I said, I just wanted to point it out, he's the one wrong, he's the one that got the story wrong, but go ahead. Yeah, I thought in your podcast, it was pretty cool when John Madden said something like, what Tom Brady just did gave me goosebumps or something. I mean, because yes. he was, he was saying that yes. he didn't agree with it and everything. And then as it all played out, it was just crazy. Yeah. On the very beginning of the drive, uh, John Madden said that he thought they would just, you know, use the clock and go to overtime. And then after the first pass, he said, I don't agree with this. And it was very interesting to listen to that series evolve 
and how John Madden changed his opinion of, of Tom Brady and watching him play. It was almost like the real birth of Brady at, at turning into a superstar on that drive in the eyes of John Madden. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, and then some of the others, I mean, I think baseball is could be debated, but I think it's Babe Ruth. Basketball, I think it's Michael Jordan. And then hockey, I mean, obviously Gretzky. It was a funny thing when I was listening last night. I was thinking in my head, well, maybe Connor McDavid could catch him one day. And then all of a sudden I hear everything, all the accomplishments and stuff you listed off. And I'm like, yeah, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the fact that Wayne Gretzky for three years in a row had over 200 points. Think about that for a minute. Okay. I mean, just think about that. Think about scoring 50 goals in 39 games. Think about having one year, 163 assists or whatever the hell it was. But think about that. Three years in a row, right? you know, today's benchmark, which is considered a storybook career years to have 100 points, he had 200 points three years in a row. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> it really is. I saw that in the NHL today. I think you mentioned something about Gretzky having like a point streak. And I saw on the news today that, it's like the first game in NHL history with two players in the same game with like a big point streak. Like both players have 18 straight games with points. So that's pretty cool. I saw that. It's unbelievable. Yep. Very much so. Yep. And then right. speaking yeah. of the World Cup, how about Spain going down big? Yeah. Big upset, huh? I mean, that's huge, isn't it? What, uh, put that in perspective for me on a scale of one to 10, 10 being unbelievable. Is that a 10 as far as an upset goes? Yeah, I would say so, especially with, like, Morocco. I mean, that's right across, like, the Strait of Gibraltar from Spain. I mean, yes, that's pretty yes. big for that country. I mean, to do it in PKs, I mean, and I saw you guys were talking yesterday about kicking it down the middle and stuff, and that's exactly how Morocco won it. Just kicked it right down the middle, and the goalie dove the other way. Is that right? I, I See, I didn't see any of the highlights. So that's how they won, exactly what we were talking about yesterday? Yep, like he kind of did a little stutter step fake, and the goalie like dove one way, and then the open net was it was just wide open in the middle, so he just wow. passed it in basically. Hey, help me out with something. Sometimes when I watch, uh, I see on a free kick outside the box, obviously because if it's inside the box, it's a penalty kick. But on a free kick outside the box, when they set up a wall, right where you know the defensive team, the team they set up a wall. And then a lot of times I see a guy lying down on the ground behind the wall. What the hell is that all about? Yeah, that's been a new strategy in like the last year or two. It's because usually the wall jumps. And so sometimes the player will kick it under the wall when they jump. So that's why there's a player there to block it. Oh, okay. I I was like, what on earth is that? Okay, I got you. All right, thank you. I, I had no idea. And you know what? I'll tell you, I asked another friend of mine who is what I he I consider him not on your level, but a big time soccer fan. And he goes, I don't ever recall seeing that. Let me look and I'll get back to you. And he never did. But I'm like, OK, I'm going to ask Connor. He'll know. That's fascinating to me. So some teams uh, do use that strategy on that. All right. Makes a lot. Now, now it makes sense. I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. Yeah, and that's been pretty a pretty new thing, I think, because I think sometimes somebody scored, just the wall jumps, so they just place it right under their feet, and it just goes right by them. So they usually, like, face the other way, so okay. it doesn't hit them in the hand or anything. 
So, I mean, but right, the chances right. of that really, like, ever doing anything is probably pretty slim, but, I mean, I guess it's still safe. Yeah. All right. Good. All right, buddy. I good, uh, good, good way to start the show. I appreciate hearing from you. Take care, okay? Thanks for having me. Take care. All right. Care. Thank you. My pleasure. Good way to start. All right. Let's get to uh, Ryan in Sacktown. What's up, Ryan? How are you today? Hey, Nate. Doing well. How about yourself? I'm well, thank you. So, um, Connor, I, I heard the last part of you answering the question about reporting. Um, can you recap what Connor's question was? Yep. Uh, yeah, he was talking about how crazy Twitter has been the last couple of hours because of the incorrect report by John Heyman saying that the San Francisco Giants uh, and Aaron Judge had, a, uh, you know, that Judge was going to San Francisco. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And I, I heard you talking about, you know, during your time when you majored in sports journalism. And I think it's a really interesting thing because, you know, you're Adam Schefter's, the big guys that commonly break the news. I agree with you. It's like, whatever, big deal. You break something almost every week, it seems like. But it's a completely different era with social media, especially now that you can buy a blue check for $8, right? And you have these freelancers mm -hmm. out there that are trying to get information and, you know, they break whatever they think may happen. And if it ends up coming true, then, you it's know, now they've got 20, 30, 40,000 different followers and maybe a door open into the business, but they could be wrong 20 times. So it's a really, really interesting yep. Yep. dynamic. And what's kind of your take on that? Uh, my take on that is our entire world has gone upside down. For instance, you know, you talk about uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, who is great at what he does. But, you know, for Woj or Shams, Sharnia, to tell me who a team is going to draft, 45 seconds before the commissioner walks out onto the stage to tell me who is going to draft, I don't need to know that. In other words, that doesn't change my world. That doesn't do anything for me. You know, I can wait another 45 seconds and yet, Everyone's talking about how great it is, you know, that they're able to let me know who a team's going to draft as the commissioner is walking up to the stage. And I'm like, big deal. What the hell? Who cares? But, you know, they, they get paid a lot of money for doing that. Uh, I know I'm not asking you a specific question, but I think the whole world of reporting yeah. uh, has gone way, way upside down. That's that that's I, I really do. I think it's crazy because the information that we're hearing from the Adam Schefter's of the world and the Woj and are, they're really only, yeah, they they do, they do a really good job, but they're only telling us something that we're going to find out about from the actual team in a few minutes anyway. So they're not changing my life because they broke a story that everyone was going to know about within five minutes. Anyway, I can wait five minutes. Like they're not changing my life around. They didn't, they didn't enhance the quality of my life because at 3.45 on Wednesday afternoon, they told me what the team was going to announce at 3.50 that same afternoon. It just, I think we, we, we go overboard with that stuff. Right, right. And, you know, they would say, you know, if you want to be surprised, then don't be on Twitter, right? Because it's their job to right. do that. Um, yes. And I get that. And I get that. From their perspective, I understand it. But for me, being a sports fan, like it doesn't, you're not changing my life by telling something, telling me something that the whole world was going to know about in five minutes anyway.
Yeah, no, totally. And it just the entire way that it's changed, because let's say that you were reporting, you may have to wait till the next day. Right. And so these guys, it's just instant. So they just put everything out. But yeah, I mean, the, the Cleveland. Listen, I, I knew, I, I, you know, you just made a good point. There are times when I had to wait to the next day. There are almost there are so many times I was on the radio. OK. And knew a player was going to be traded or knew that a player was going to be cut or knew that a player had a significant injury that nobody else knew about. But. I couldn't say anything, and it wasn't even announced until the next day. Do you know how many times that happened with me? All the time. I knew when there was a player in a, in a, uh, a scuffle that where a suspension was going to be forthcoming. That I knew about all the time. I knew when a player was going to get suspended because of an altercation or something bad that happened, whether it was you know wherever it may have been, on the locker room, wherever – but I couldn't say anything because, you know, it was it wasn't public information yet. And I sure as hell wasn't going to be the person that talked about it. I That happened all the time. You know, it's called ethics. Ethics. You know, Adrian Wojnarowski and Adam Schefter, they don't have to worry about ethics. They're, they, 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 they can be wrong and they move on to the next story. I mean, they have been wrong before. They've been wrong on many occasions and it doesn't affect anything. They just move on. Nobody remembers it. And the next day, they're doing the same thing that they were doing the day before. It actually happens, you know, with those guys. But sure. for me, I couldn't do that, you know. So I, I, I bit my tongue a lot of times on those things. So, so that brings up a really interesting point, Grant, and I'm glad you shared that. Because ethics is the word, right? On your 3-7 to seven show in Sacramento, if you know, I'm going to throw an old name out, Jim Les is getting suspended for kicking the ball into the stands – and you're getting calls from all the callers. How do you balance making speculations versus already knowing the outcome and not saying, well, I think it's going to be a suspension, you know, like, because that could compromise in a way your credibility with your source. Well, I think you do it. Uh, I, and you bring up a very good example. I would say I'd be surprised. I said I would be surprised if so-and-so is not suspended for what happened. We are waiting for the word. We don't know yet, but I'd be very surprised if that individual is not suspended for at least one game. That's how I would handle that. And I would already know that the player is going to be suspended. Actually, in all the times that DeMarcus Cousins got suspended, almost 100% of the time, I knew way before anybody else that it was going to get suspended. I knew it. Yeah. And I would, I would just say, hey, just telling you, you know, there's a good chance he's not going to be playing on Thursday night because he's going to be suspended for what he did last you know I, that's how i would handle it gotcha really really interesting stuff for sure yeah i just it, it spurred it with me with that browns fan because he was making the media tours after he broke the watson story and he i think he had like 21 followers after he broke the suspension so yeah. really cool stuff and he would have never had that opportunity back in the day because you would have had a job to put that out you know yeah well the the other the other issue is I've always taken a very simple approach because of what I I had, you know, two jobs. If I was anywhere within the King's organization that gave me privilege for being there. In other words, if I wasn't just working as a everyday reporter, okay, if I wasn't in a situation where I would have been otherwise, then if I had seen something, like if I saw something on the bus or on the airplane, or in the locker room before the media was allowed in, 
then that never left me. That was something that I saw that was private and I was only seeing it due to my status and privilege of accessibility with the team. So I had a very simple rule. If I wasn't going to be there, all right, if I w would not have been there because of what I did. In other words, if I, if, if I would have been there just like the rest of the media or whatever, that's different. But if I saw something privately because of the opportunity that was afforded me, then that was private. That was basically would be the equivalent of being in your house, okay, and seeing something that I was like, wow, but I'm in the privacy of your home. That does not give me the right to go outside and tell all of your neighbors. You know, it's kind of like the same thing. I'm You invited me into your home, all right? Uh, you know, I don't... What, what happens in your home is private. It's not your next door neighbor's business. You know, it's not your boss's business or whatever you do for a living. I mean, that happened in your home. It's in the privacy of your home. And there's no reason why that needs to be put out in public. It's pretty much the same thing when you're covering a sports team as somebody that's a local announcer like I was. And listen, I, I, I'm not bragging. I knew everything that was going on with that franchise almost all the time. I was rarely surprised when there would be a big trade there were times like i'll tell you this i was very surprised when i learned of the chris weber trade when we were in dallas right before the all-star break i i that mm -hmm. that threw me jeff p one thing about jeff petrie when jeff petrie was the general manager nobody knew what was going on all right jeff would not like tell me what was going on so that was an era of the team where jeff was the most tight-lipped general manager that i had ever been with all right. And um, I thought that was very, very, very interesting. Jeff was a Jeff was a very strict, very um, just did not things didn't get out of Jeff Petrie's office. That, yeah. And, you know, it's funny that you say that, Grant, because you kind of see that a little bit with Monty McNair right now. Um, but I, I do have to ask one follow up question. So how, so if you are seeing something that is privileged because somebody else without or with credentials wouldn't normally have that access, how did you toe that line between, or would you take what you saw, not share it publicly, but would it affect your public, um, you know, basically the way that you look at a player, your opinion publicly of them? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it would. Of course, it would. It would. Yes, it would. Absolutely, it would. I mean, that, I'm a human being. You can't, you can't take that out of my mind. You can't take out. You can't take what I saw and just make believe it didn't happen. So yeah, yeah, it would. And that's a great question. That happened quite often with a few, very few uh, individual players. I mean, the things I used to see with Demarcus Cousins were appalling, appalling. Like I mean, I'm talking about, and I'll put it in my book. Appalling. Fans wouldn't believe it. The fans would not believe it. They just would not believe it. And I would just go, well, there's something wrong with this individual. Like, really, there's something wrong with this individual. And it would be it would be awful, terrible. So, yeah, you know, and then, you know, then I, but, but then I would see him do some great things with people where I was like, wow, is this the same guy that I just witnessed do this two days ago? And now is doing this unbelievably great deed for this stranger that you know what i mean it was the damnedest weirdest thing i've yeah, ever seen yeah. in professional sports very interesting yeah he uh you know he was very popular in the community he loved sacramento 
Um, or you see well, I, and I and I don't and I don't I, I don't understand that. I mean, I, I don't. When you say he's very popular in the community, you know, I understand that he used to dress up as Santa Claus and go into a local was it Walmart, Walmart. and hand out. And I, and I and I think that's great. But you know what? It, 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 you, you can't be a bully. And that's what he was. He was a bully. You can't be a bully to the media. You can't curse out the fans. OK. And, and, and make, you know, awful, sexual, degrading remarks to fans, both men and women with children there and then go out and play Santa Claus on Christmas. And all of a sudden you're great for the community. I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. OK, you can't have it both ways. And that used to really bother me about the fans in Sacramento. Yeah, you can applaud somebody for doing good deeds, okay, such as giving back to the community, but it doesn't erase uh, cursing out fans. It doesn't erase cursing out your coach. It doesn't erase, you know, the bad things that you do. You know, you can't just like, you know, you can't you can't have it both ways. I'm sorry. It doesn't work like that in my eyes. Well, it, right, Grant, but here's the problem. Unless you're part of the, what, maybe a thousand people, that can hear what's being said on the court, you know, you're not hearing that stuff. The day that Rome uh, came to Sacramento, uh, the station comp tickets for a bunch of us, and we weren't sitting too far from the floor, and it was coming down right to the end of the game, and DeMarcus just screamed, I, I can't say it on your show, um, out at a fan that wasn't even really heckling him. And that was a Kings fan. He was wearing DeMarcus's jersey. Yep. So I, I guess not everybody gets a taste of that. They just see what gets. Well, the, 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 the reason the reason why you didn't hear it is the Sacramento Kings have very few people that travel with the team as members of the media. They had a, a reporter from the Sacramento Bee, Jason Jones, who was too afraid to put it in the paper because I asked him. And that's why he doesn't like me. I said, Jason, how is it that you don't put that in the paper? You just saw that egregious, horrible act. And he said, Dude, if I put that in the paper, he'll never talk to me again. And how am I going to be able to cover the team when I go into the locker room? I'm like, you were kidding me. I go, it, it happened in public. He goes, yeah, well, if it ends up being uh, reported to the league, then I'll report on it. But I'm not going to put it. I can't put it in my story. And I was just like, wow, you're the beat reporter for the Sacramento Kings. That's your job. The newspaper and you're you're editing what you're going in your mind, what you're going to put in because you're afraid that he's not going to talk to you anymore. You know, it was a joke. You know, it was an absolute. I, I used to say to him, I go, you know, that's just like ridiculous, you know. Um, but, you know, and then he used to bully the media all the time, bully the media, bully them, like literally curse them out in front of their peers and colleagues. And I was like, it was horrible. It was awful. It was so. And actually, he got suspended for it a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And I and I remember talking to Jason once. I said, he goes, dude, he goes, I have talked to DeMarcus that you can't treat the media that way. And I go, well, that's good. At least you're telling him. But then I'm thinking, wow, you're trying to tell him that he can't talk to the media that way. But then you're afraid to put it in the paper, you know, when he does something bad that you know about, but you're protecting him by not putting it in. And yet it's fair game because what you saw many times happened in public. I just it drove me crazy. I didn't understand that. I really didn't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in a way, he's indirectly hurting his job at that point. You know, I think you'd get some more clicks wow. and some more views. Yeah, you're not going to have access to DeMarcus, but you're still going to be around. I mean, it. 
you'd still have access. You could still be there when everyone right. else is asking questions and take quotes. So, you know, again, he has to do what he has to do for his job. I just didn't understand that. And I used to, you know, we used to talk about it all the time, you know, and he, he would actually come up to me and go, did you see? He, he would come up to me and go, did you hear what DeMarcus said in the middle of the game when we were on the road? I'm like, no, I missed it. Because, you know, when it's very difficult for me to hear when I'm announcing a game and I have headsets on. And he would tell me and I would be like, wow, that's just unbelievable. It happened all the time. It happened all the time. And, you know, and yet and yet he covered he covered for him all the time. Jason Jones covered for DeMarcus Cousins all the time. It was sick. Everyone knew it. And uh, the team knew it. The team was actually grateful for it. Uh, but they knew it. And it was it's it just, you know, it was it, I'm just telling you, I'm using him as one example because yeah. he's the one example where there are so many people in Sacramento that for whatever reason covered him. But yet he he was impossible to coach. OK, most of his teammates did not like playing with him. I know because I used to talk to them about it and they would tell me this is not my opinion. This is based on facts from talking to other players. And I'm talking about some very well-known players that played in the league for a long time. Okay, I'm not talking about like the 12th man on the bench. I'm not talking about the 10th man. I'm talking about the other stars, the other really good players on the team. All right, and th they would talk to me about it, and it would it was it was it was awful. It was awful, um, and I don't know what else to say. And yet the fans, you know, I, we you and I do these shows right on YouTube, and how many times do we get messages on the chat line signed to Marcus Cousins? And I'm like, these fans are delusional. They're absolutely delusional. They they're they're delusional. There's there's a reason why he's not in the league. All right. There's a reason why here we are on December 6th and he's not in the league. He's not in the league because nobody wants him. There's not there or December 7th or whatever the day is today, the 6th. There, there's no nobody wants him. All right. Coaches don't want him. We heard Michael Malone foaming at the mouth last year when he got released by Milwaukee. Oh, he needs to be in the league. And yet Denver didn't even resign him until, you know, a month later. And then he goes to Denver and Michael Malone's talking about how great it is to be reunited with DeMarcus, how great he is and blah, blah, blah. OK, well, if that's true, how come as soon as the season ended, they they let DeMarcus Cousins know he would not be coming back the following year? Right. You know, we heard Steve Kerr last year. After the Denver series, go out of his way to compliment DeMarcus Cousins. But yet that same Steve Kerr that had DeMarcus Cousins on his team didn't want him back. As soon as they lost in the NBA Finals to Toronto, the Warriors made a decision that he would not be back on the team. Well, wait a minute. Why is that if Steve Kerr felt that way about him? Why is that if Michael Malone felt that way about him? The reason is because what they say publicly is not how they feel privately. And I don't know why that's so hard for a fan to just take five minutes and put everything together like a puzzle and just go, oh, okay, that makes sense. But they don't right. want to. They want to ignore all of that. Oh, sign DeMarcus. Oh, sign DeMarcus. Sign DeMarcus. And my question is, well, why? Why? You want to ruin the team? Go ahead, sign him. That will you wanna you wanna not make the playoffs again? Go ahead, sign him. You wanna have, you know, uh, uh, issues in the locker room? Go ahead, sign him. You wanna have him curse out your coach? Go ahead, sign him. You think Mike Brown wants anything to do with DeMarcus Cousins Absolutely after coming not. from Golden State? Hell no, he doesn't. No, absolutely not. I mean, um, I I'll, I got two more quick things, and then I'll get out of your hair. And you'll light up at this. I think, or I've heard from a lot of fans that aren't privy to how he acted behind the scenes or sat close to the floor and heard some of the things that he said, that they felt bad for him because he missed out on so much money and the Kings did him dirty by trading him. Then he just had the series of injuries and never got that big contract. And now he's out of the league. Well, he put himself out of the league. 
That, that's the bottom line. Of course you so, did. Of course yeah. you did. Yeah. Of course you so, did. Um, by the way, I got one last thing, and uh, this is for John, if you're listening. This is the sound of a beautiful tricep hitting the grill, buddy. Oh, oh, you're making us all hungry. <laughs> Ryan, enjoy that, buddy. You take all care. Right, Bye. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Wow. I was going, what is that noise? There it is. Now I got it. Now I understand. All right, speaking of John. John, man, that sounds pretty good. John, that that tri-tip hitting that grill sounds pretty good, buddy. Hey, Ryan, I'm proud of you. That's the right sound, buddy. It sounds delicious. I think I can smell it from here. <laughs> That's beautiful. How are you, man? Yeah, man, I'm doing great, man. Um, man, we could talk about DeMarcus all freaking day long, but we don't need to put everybody in a crappy mood, no, man. No, you no, let's I mean. not, please. We all know. I've yeah. heard, I've been close enough to hear him say shit where I turn around and go, who is he talking to? Who's he talking to? Oh, he's talking to one of, the players, <laughs> one of his coaches. A fan of his. That's an absolute or a cowboy. <laughs> the way he treated cowboys. Uh, Come on. Man. And hey, what, what you guys were talking about earlier, and you brought up ethics. And well, ethics is the really the broad scope. What that is is journalistic integrity, I believe, because you know he's a journalist. Oh, could be for journalists, this is. I'm not just talking about Jones. Anyone, Wojanowski, anybody, and especially further back before Twitter, before you could just click and like something, you know what I mean? And it was, people would be afraid to say something just because of the potential retribution against themselves. Like, you know, like uh, Jones, like Jones says, shit, uh, DeMarcus would never talk to me again. I'd think, man, that's exactly what you want to say. Then if anybody asks why I didn't, you talk to DeMarcus, you can say, well, hey, he doesn't talk to me anymore because I reported this heinous instant incident he did. And it's very similar to you. You know, you there was things you could have said 
that maybe weren't out in the public, but you could have said them, but you have journalistic integrity to where you weren't going to do that. But if it's something heinous, like the crap that happened in New York with Barnes and Cousins and that, you had an obligation to say that. Yeah. It wasn't, I'm sure that wasn't the easiest thing, but it's, it, it's natural to you. That's something you had to do. Am I, am I, well, I had the obligation, in my opinion. I had, well, when I was on the air, I felt my obligation was to tell the truth and how destructive this individual was for the franchise. And I did that. And I know I was right. And, you know, his, his constant suspensions and fines and discipline, I wasn't going to just gloss over and go, oh, it's not a big deal, because I knew it was a big deal. And I would go on the radio and tell everyone it was a big deal. And unfortunately, you know, that's what we had to talk about every day for four hours. And it got nauseating for me. But you know what? It was a topic of conversation. People want to know. And I didn't hold back on how I felt about it. Hey, man, that's why I commend you for it, man. You're the one, one of the few people who brought reality to, to everything. I know people say, oh, man, I didn't like Grant. I hate Grant on the air. He's always so negative. I'm like, wait a minute, negative? He's the most honest person I've seen. If something positive happens, he's not hiding that. He's saying it's positive. If something negative happens, well, damn it, that's, that's what he does. He tells the truth. So, you know, that's all I got to say about Cousins. Like I said, I don't want to put us in a bad mood. I'd, I'd rather yep. smell nope. I'd nope. rather smell Connor's tri-tip. And I kind of want him to know what's going on with it, but <laughs> that'll be okay for another day. Yeah. Um, another thing Thanks, about yeah. The, yeah, the soccer, um, uh, like Connor was talking about, um, the, the winning goal that put out Spain. Grant, it's funny. It's almost exactly like we were talking about yesterday. He kind of lined up in the center, and then he stutter stepped just a half a step to the left, his right on the TV, our right on the TV, his left. I said, oh, he's going to kick it right. But nope, he kicked it right over the center. Almost son of a bitch. We were all right. He did move off center a little bit, and they kicked it right down the pipes, directly (laughs) down the pipes. How about that? Yep. That's amazing. It's amazing we were just talking about that yesterday. Is it? It is. It, yep. I can't. And when you finish with your day, I don't know what time your day ends. Probably about three a.m. for you back there. But you got to go. You got to go find that highlight and check it out. I it will. Is, I will. I will look at it. Spot on of what we were talking about yesterday. <laughs> I love that. I, I just love the fact that you know we. I, I was saying, man, if I was kicking a ball, I would kick it just straight right down the middle, and that's what happened. I think that's funny. Yeah. Uh, especially me, who me, you know, Today me who really doesn't funny. know anything about soccer. I'm telling you. If it were me on the kick, I would just kick it right down the middle, and that's what happens. That's pretty funny to me, to be honest with you. Hey, it was funny to me, too, because I said, oh, shit, he's going to do what I said. And then nobody did what Grant said. We were all wrong, but we are all right, you know? It's fun diagnosing Uh, something we don't know all that much about. And, you know, it's not like I hate soccer, but it just doesn't have as much scoring as I'm used to seeing in in sports. Granted, you know, I love the – I'm all about defense, too, in a lot of sports, so – it's not like I'm all upset at a one nothing game, but I'd, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather see a three, two, you know what I mean? That's how I get it. Good stuff, John. Good stuff. All right, buddy. You have a good one. All right. Take care. Grant, you do the same, buddy. We'll talk to you, man. I got something tomorrow. I believe if I can get on board, I'm going to be real busy, but I got something for, uh, for Wednesday. Talk to you tomorrow, buddy. Sounds good, bud. All right. Appreciate it. Be well. Take care. You too. All right. Let's get to, uh, Al. Who's next right here on Listen Up? Hey, Al, how are you? I'm good, Grant. Hey, I want to thank you for bringing up that fond memory for me as a Rams fan and Brady's, you know, taking that team down in the 
get him in position <laughs> for the winning field yeah. goal. You know, it's funny you should say that because I distinctly remember John Madden saying they should they should just kneel down, go into overtime. And so I didn't realize that you said afterward, he said he gave Brady kudos and the, and the Patriots for not listening to what he thought would be the right way to do it because Brady was just a, a rookie, a sixth-round rookie that year. And and so mm-hmm. he was he was saying you got I would sit on the ball just like you pointed out. So that's a fond memory for me. One of the many as a Rams fan. So we'll, but I as far as the goat man, it's just such a subjective thing with eras. I'm sure Bert would have his goats, you know. And you know it's just a different oh, yeah. different leagues yeah. over the eras. My personal, I think Brady gets my nod only because. I don't think he had like Joe Montana was the other other my other goat, but I don't think Brady's. I try to think. Okay, before he went to Tampa Bay, could I name three of his wide receivers? And I follow football religiously for a long time, and he sure. he never had a Rice or a, or a Dwight Clark or a, or a no or a Mark Duper or Clayton, you know. And he finally got a and that's one tiebreaker for me. The other one was the guy at the age of 43 switches conferences, goes over to the NFC, and beats the NFC's best uh, in their own stadiums. Yep. He beat, he yep. beat Breeze yep. in New Orleans, and he beat Rodgers in Green Bay. Great, great point. Great point. And, and, and yep. So just kind of going down the line. I think the the yellow journalism thing, you know, everybody's trying to get the scoop. And John just pointed this out, and I think Brian spoke to too. You know, this is just reckless. You know, We're, there's got to be a level of ethics. You've spoken to this, and I think the B had one of their reporters get in trouble a few years back. I can't remember who it was, but I think they got in trouble for misreporting a story, and they got in some serious trouble. Do you recall something like that, or? Mm, uh, right off the top of my head, I don't. Yeah. So I just wanted to congratulate you on your. Uh, and the funny thing is, I went back and listened to the show, and you and you and John. Hey, kudos to you guys. You guys were talking about kick it straight, just kick it straight in. You know. Yeah. So I was laughing. And I just watched it. I just watched it. And not only did he kick it straight, there wasn't a lot of velocity on the kick. It was just like you know a kid that you picked out of the stands. Hey, kick the ball straight. I mean, the ball didn't even have a lot of velocity on it. It, the, the, it wouldn't have mattered. The goalie was all the way on the other side of the goal. So, yeah, that's exactly what we were talking about. I literally just watched it. Fascinating to me. And, and I love, I love the congrats on the numbers, by the way. And, you know, I prefer speaking to you. And I've gone on a YouTube and I've put my little comments, my, yep. my comment, but I understand you got to go with your ratings and your ratings and you're reaching your fans. I got a question with, with listen app can, can, uh, can like Eduardo and, and, and those folks in the, the, can they hit the hand icon and, and yep. yeah, yeah, they can listen to listen app as long as if they have internet, you can uh, listen up as good anywhere in the world. Holy Christ. Cause I mean, I yeah. So you could, yeah. Eduardo. Yeah. All these people could come on. Absolutely. And it wouldn't cost them anything cause it's done over the internet. That would be awesome. So, you know, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I like the both thing. I can see where you want to go 
one over the other because, like you said, it's kind of almost like double duty because in the fans, maybe I don't have a choice. I mean, I'm getting over I'm getting over ten thousand people for every post game show on all the mediums. Uh, I don't have a choice. I can't I can't go you know 60 70 80 90 100 right. i have to go over ten thousand. i mean it's a pretty easy choice for me to make to be honest with you yeah like jeff was pointing out you're kicking the 1140s ass and and i just want to say i love uh the world cup talks connor and left terrace have really educated me i love the the information about the yeah. guy laying down i started i started to laugh at that i said oh my god i, I would never and your one friend didn't know it i just want to say i'm gonna let you go real yeah. quick Hey, hats off to the Japanese fans. I mean, my God, Nate, you and me have been in some some stadiums over the many years, and you've been in a lot. And, you know, can you imagine yep. uh, the Philly Eagles fans staying after the, the clean up the stadium? I mean, how respectful is that? It's, it was pretty, just amazing. I know. It's pretty amazing. It was just incredible yeah. for me to see and really – and I'll just – lastly, I just want to say about a year ago, I mean, you did your st- stories on Jerry's recommendation, which I love to listen to all three shows, love the story. And I, I thought maybe you might have Stuart, your brother, on on a, and have a podcast with him about your your youth and you guys growing up. That would be interesting to me. So did mm-hmm. you ever did you did you mention that? Yeah, I never even asked Stuart to come on. I'll think about it when I when I I'll probably, you know, I'll wait till after football season and maybe after basketball oh. season when things slow down. And maybe I'll do it then. I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it on, uh, on my list. How's that sound? I would love to. I think it would be a, a great listen. You know? So anyway, have a good night, man. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Go Kings. Appreciate it, Al. Bye bye now. All right. Yep. Let's get to uh, Jerry right here on Listen Up. Hey, Jerry, it's your turn. Welcome. Thanks for hanging on. Hey, Grant, how are you, sir? Good, thank you. Hey, Grant, I don't mean to be a damper like when I bring up DeMarcus Cousins, but, you know, I just have to ask you a question, you know, because I'm very curious. Uh, There was a game a few years back when DeMarcus was still with the Kings, obviously. Um, uh, He said something in the effect where he said, uh, it's the same fucking play. It's the same play. And then you said, oh, oh, boy. Do you know what he was pissed off about? And uh, do you know what the player that he was talking to? No, I don't, because those incidents happen on a very frequent basis. So I wouldn't be able to differentiate one from the other. So, no, I, I don't remember uh, the specific incident you're referring to, because those were too numerous. OK, and Grant, uh, one thing about the Yankees and Aaron and Aaron Judge, um, you know what? So how did the news break that the Giants offered him a, a nine year, three hundred and sixty million dollar deal? Was Do you think that was released from the Giants or um, how do you think that happened? No. I don't think it's really it's from the agent. You know, I, a lot of these uh, folks are in very tight with agents and uh, that probably came directly from the agent would not have come from the Giants. And Grant, one more thing, uh, John Hamm, when he released and, and, and said that Aaron Judge is going to the Giants, uh, where does Adrian Wojnarowski, where does he get his info that's uh, well above anybody else? I mean, the man is uh, he's just uh, on on top. Most of mostly mo- mostly from agents. And also general managers feel that if they cooperate with him, Adrian will be less likely to be critical of them because I've actually talked with a few general managers that are not on board with Woj. And I asked them why not. And um, they said, because they don't care. And I'm like, well, what, what, what will happen then? He goes, they'll be more critical of us. And, but I don't care. I don't leak my information. So 
you know, it's a game within a game. It's a game within a game. And, um, you know, Woj has got a lot of power for what he does. And you, again, it's called keeping someone in good graces with you to help out your job. But some GMs don't care. They're just like, well, I'm not telling him anything. But a lot of times it comes from the agent. Yeah, but Grant, you said too, uh, just said earlier that you can get in trouble if you were to say something that you knew about. And then why can't a general manager or an agent get in trouble? Uh, get in trouble by whom? No, who, who are they going to get in trouble uh, by? They're maybe get, by their, maybe by the owner. I mean, yeah, but they could just say it didn't come from me. I mean, the owner's not going to know. So, I mean, they're not going to get in trouble. They're not going to get in trouble. Well, well, then how about? An agent, an agent, an agent can get in trouble by their client if their client goes, what the hell are you doing? And that has happened before where a player gets upset uh, at their agent and then they end up changing agents. That that happens. Absolutely. I think it happened uh, this year with uh, uh, who who was uh, the Atlanta Braves player that went from Atlanta to L.A. last year. Uh, Freddie Freeman. It happened with him. All right. Well, Grant, then how about this thing, Grant? Uh, you know, so you said that it didn't come from me. So if you knew somebody in the media and you said something and it comes back and then all you have to say is I didn't say nothing either. It, it didn't come from Again, me. So, you know, I, I, I listen, no disrespect to you. I think you're making too much out of this. I think you're making too much out of this. It's not it's not it's not a he said, she said all the time. And it's not right. uh, it, these the Adam Schefter's of the world, the Adrian Wojnarowski's of the world. They get their information. They have a lot of sources, and the people within the or, uh, in, in the leagues know they have a lot of sources. They know where their sources come from. Like general managers know where Adrian Wojnarowski gets information from. He gets them from the players' agents, and in many instances, gets them from a, a lot of general managers in the league. They understand it's a game within the game. All right, there you have it. Well, yeah. All right, Grant. Well, um, I was just curious. I mean, I didn't mean to make you mad. I was just curious. No, no, no. You're not making me mad. I'm just, you're not making me mad at all. I'm trying to explain to you that I think you're making too much out of this. Like, I don't think it's as big of a deal as you you're do. making it seem like you like that, that it upsets this person or upsets that person. It doesn't really upset anybody. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a given that that's the way the industry is run now. I wouldn't say it upsets people. Uh, it's more of a, well, gee, that's the way it is. And they throw their arms right. up in the air. I wouldn't say it really makes people upset. <laughs> and Grant, let me ask you one more thing, sir. Uh, you know what? Now that Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to have surgery on his foot, let's say, for instance, uh, Purdy uh, goes three and two, four and one the last five games. And if Jimmy's healthy to come back, you think they'll, uh, they'll let Jimmy Garoppolo come back? Or do you think they'll keep uh, Purdy? No, they'll they'll stay with the hot man. They at that point in the season with the playoffs, they'll they'll stay with the hot guy if that's the case. Okay, all right, Grant. Well, thanks for taking my call, sir. Appreciate you. Hey, Jerry, always good hearing from you. You have a good uh, rest of the day. Thanks, buddy. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing the Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Let's move along, and uh, we get to Jeff right here on Listen App. Hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm doing good, Grant. How about yourself? I'm well. What's up, bud? Hey, I was. I heard your question earlier, and my in baseball definitely would be Willie Mays. I mean, I grew up. I grew up with mm-hmm. Willie. You know, going to Candlestick Park, and my dad was his mechanic on his pink Imperial. But his dealership gave him his car and stuff, and not just because of that, but I mean, he was an unselfish player that had all the tools. Uh, power speed uh stealing bases i mean he patrolled center field like nobody even at even at the polo ground how far was the polo ground center field do you know oh my gosh it was uh 425 it was long was it 425 i thought it was longer than that but go ahead i don't know i I knew it was long but jesus i mean well yankee stadium the yankee stadium was 461 the straightaway center field i believe it was holy and wow. Death Valley, you know, left center field, uh, Death Valley was 430. You know, they called it Death Valley. Yankee Stadium was 430 feet. Jesus, no cheapies back in those days. I mean, the monuments, said Yan- the old Yankee Stadium used to be on the field. You know, the monuments were right out there at center oh. field at, behind, you know, at 461 or 100 and 462 feet. Jesus, imagine the numbers Mickey Mantle would have had if center field was in. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. I didn't yeah. I didn't realize that. I know. Holy Toledo. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Wow. Anyways, in football, you know, Tom Brady, I, I he's from my hometown, San Mateo, California. And every time I think about Sarah High School, I go back to my story. I think I shared it with you once already about that. About mm-hmm. that I was supposed to go to Sarah and I went there for the 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 the, the tour and all that. I asked the Padre where the girls were. And he said, we don't have any girls. And, and my, I told my parents, I don't want to go to this school. Worst mistake I ever made in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Barry, I would have played, oh played with Barry Bonds. Uh, he would have been like two years behind me. But, but I, I, would, he would, I mean, he was on, as a freshman, he was on the varsity team. You know that. But uh, I would have probably played with Barry Bonds. And uh, anyways... Uh, I just uh, probably one worst mistakes I ever made. I went end up going to Aragon High School, played three sports there, but still, uh, you know, I got you know, I don't know if there'll ever be another sixth round draft pick, a guy that you know like a Tom Brady, and like uh, I don't know who said it earlier that he didn't have. I think Randy Moss was the only big time receiver he had, and he, what he had for one or two years. I don't remember. I mean, yeah. Edelman. Yeah. I mean, you just, you know, Gronkowski. But you, you can't, you can't name. I mean, this receiving crew that he has now with uh, Tampa Bay is probably the best receiving crew he's ever had. Yeah, 
I agree. Well, I would say it was better last year because you had Rob Gronkowski, so you don't have yeah. him this year. But yeah. yes, your point is very well taken. Yeah, you're 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 right on, spot on. Anyways, that's all I had today. Oh, if you can ask Ryan for the football ta- football uh, takes update, the picks update, that'd be awesome. Uh, you know what? I'll well, I'm sure he'll do it when he gets an opportunity. But good hearing from you, Jeff. I really appreciate it. You uh, take care. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Bye, Grant. Take care, buddy. You too. All right. Let's get to uh, Dorian. You're next here on a busy Tuesday. Hey, Dorian. Hey, Grant. I see Dorian, you there, buddy? Yeah. Hey, Grant. Nice yep, to- go ahead. Nice to hear from you and everyone and all the Kings fans. Go Kings. I know Jerry asked a question earlier, Grant, about the game that he was referring to. And I found it on YouTube. I actually just I watched it earlier today, which is pretty funny that Jerry asked that. But it's my flamethrower on YouTube. And it says DeMarcus Cousins. Cousin out his teammates and Grant Napier at a loss for words, February 9th of 2014. It's against the Washington Wizards, and it looks like Marcus Thornton might have missed an assignment or a defensive assignment. Back with Carl Landry with all the team, and yeah, DeMarcus is pretty fired up, but if you're interested, it's on YouTube. It's by the person named Flamethrower, and it says DeMarcus Cousins cussing out his teammates on February 9th of 20,000 or 2014. So uh, pretty funny that Jerry asked that question. That is pretty amazing, and you actually had seen it earlier in the day. That's that's yeah. incredible to me. <laughs> it's that's funny incredible. How stars, yeah, it's funny how stars aligned. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Wow. Just add to the conversation, Grant. Um, yeah, that's really weird. Uh, oh, yeah, hopefully you guys can watch that. But uh, uh, just to add to the conversation, I was born in 93. You know, um, Barry Bonds, Terrell Owens, Chris Webber were my all-time three childhood heroes. Um it's funny because, you know, when I played football at Sac State, I got really burnt out. And I don't really watch sports anymore besides the Kings and besides Mexico soccer. But uh, it was really – I actually got to mm-hmm. watch Tom Brady last night. And he is amazing, along with Tiger Woods, along with Kobe Bryant. Like that 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 bracket of people of just abnormal, legendary, just mentally strong athletes. I, that, that Tom Brady is amazing. So I actually did get to watch that. Um, last, the Buccaneers, incredible athletes, man. Just sports have an amazing. amazing impact on people's lives, and uh, I'm glad and I'm grateful. And stories, and just like it's it's, it's incredible. incredible to watch. Um, so that's what I wanted to add, Grant. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Go Kings. Hey, I appreciate it. Good hearing from you. Take care. Bye bye. Hey, don't forget that tomorrow at uh, three o'clock Pacific, I will be on YouTube talking with uh, Jerry Reynolds as the Kings begin a long road trip. And then after the game, I will be back on YouTube for the post-game show. That is all coming up uh, tomorrow. If you did not check out my podcast today, I do talk about the GOATs of all sports. And again, uh, if you didn't have a chance to watch Wayne Gretzky, you missed uh, the greatest, the greatest, the greatest, the greatest, the greatest of all of our major sports. All right. He was the true. He was the GOAT of the GOATs. All right. He, <laughs> you can make an argument in football, although I don't think you can. It's Tom Brady. You can have a long discussion about greatest basketball player of all time, greatest baseball player of all time, but you really, it's going to be a really short conversation if you're talking about hockey. Uh, it's the great one, Wayne Gretzky. And one of the great thrills of my broadcasting career was announcing a Sharks LA Kings game uh, at the Forum on TV when Wayne Gretzky was uh, with the Kings and Yari Curry. And that was uh, so much fun doing a game and announcing the game uh, on Sharks TV against Wayne Gretzky and the LA Kings. That's one of the highlights of my uh, broadcasting career. I always look back at that and go, wow, I'm so grateful 
that when I filled in for the Sharks that year, that one of the games was against L.A. Uh, and the great one. All right. Uh, I hope that everyone has a fabulous evening. Be back with you tomorrow at four o'clock right here on Listen App. And of course, uh, each and every day this week, tomorrow we'll have Open Forum Wednesday. So we can go in any direction that you want. That's coming up tomorrow. And then again, three o'clock, uh, an hour before Listen App, Jerry Reynolds on YouTube, the post game show, uh, the Kings game one of six. All right. So looks like Monty McNair, the Kings GM, is in the fold for a while. It was only a matter of time to get the deal done. And I think fans were making way too much out of that as well. Um, it wasn't important to get it done in the offseason, in my opinion. As long as it gets done, it really doesn't matter when. Uh, so that's good news as well. All right, make it a good one. Thank you very much. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks very much for your support and following everything I do on my various platforms. You can check out my work on my website, if you don't like that.com. So long, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.